all this time, partner. Everything you've done, everything you've said, I've heard all about. So you've made some remarks in the past about when is Papa Fritz going to be here. Papa Fritz is here. Championship Wrestling from the Sportatorium, episode 62 on the network, which is March 5th, 1983. And I'm with my two good friends, Johnny and Kelly. Kelly, how you doing, man? Doing great, brother. Johnny, how are you feeling today? Uh, fair to to Midland, but but excited excited to talk about world-class championship wrestling. Awesome, awesome. And, I mean, right off the bat, we get a really cool Kabuki, and, a, and we'll do them, we'll group them together, why not? We get this really cool Kabuki uh, vignette, and a really awesome Komala vignette, where I just love these things. I can eat them up all day long if they're good, and, like, they look really professional, like, you know, in wrestling terms, um, here. And I thought, for 1983, I thought this was fantastic. What did you think, John? Um, well, the, my favorite thing was uh, before that, Mercer said that this week we're going to meet and see the Iceman, Jimmy Garvin, the Great Yatsu, and Akbar, all of whom we've met previously. So, and but as far uh, Akbar's out uh, first, he he's been hitting this um, talking point a couple times that D- D- Devastation Incorporated is all his idea. He, he's made sure to say that, so I wonder if that leads into the Bundy leaving or anything. But anyway, Kabuki uh, is is rehabbing his injury. And this video, it's okay. At first, I was like, what is going on? It's like a travel log. It's just shots of the mountains and the river and this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, are they reintroducing him again? <laughs> and I think they're trying was, to get the mystery over it as opposed right. to, uh, I'll, I'll take this. I'll, I'd rather take the goddamn travel channel a uh, bit. Than uh, having to see him do thrust kicks or handicap matches. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say another round of handicap. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, but so there's all these nature shots, and suddenly he appears on a bridge with a sword. I was like, oh, <laughs> he just out of nowhere. Pretty cool. And you know, it was okay. I was like, but at the very end, they, with the limited technology they had available, they superimposed the mask on his face while he's out in the woods or some shit. They did it twice and it looked pretty cool. And I was like, ah, that's neat, man. That, that's It's like at the end of Psycho where they superimpose the mother's skull on Anthony Perkins' head and you have to yeah. pause it to see it. Yeah. it, it kind of like that. You know, I was like, ah, oh, I like that. So that showed some ingenuity. And you know, they <laughs> might be giving him like an item a fresh start because this is, this is Kabuki first time there without Gary Hart. Right. 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 So, and then they introduced uh, Kamala, the man from Uganda. <laughs> now, this is the Memphis video, correct? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. 
Okay, because it's definitely it's got the voice Kamala, six foot eight inches, Kamala, Kimala, four hundred fifty pounds, Kimala, the Ugandan giant, and his makeup's different. It's an original makeup. It looks scarier almost. It, yeah, it, it's um, it's really good. I've I've I was like, is this deja vu? This had this has to be the Memphis one. I know I've seen this before. That's Jerry Jarrett's backyard, right? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the story. Yeah. No, that's the story when they filmed that. They filmed right. that in Jerry Jarrett's backyard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a big yard. He, 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 oh, yeah. The payouts sucked. The payouts <laughs> sucked, but he, he was wealthy. He also had a construction business, too. Everyone forgets about that. But, yeah, I, I, the Kabuki Bum was good for world class. The, uh, the Kamala one is legendary. I love that one. Yeah, and, you know, and then Kamala to me is like, I, I, I'll put him up there. As one of the most underrated drawing cards in the history of wrestling, like, mm. yeah, I mean that dude drew money in mid south. He drew money in world class. He drew money in the WWE. Everywhere yeah. he stopped, uh, he drew money. I mean, if it was Hulk Hogan in the WWE and Andre, he drew money against the Von Erichs in the world class. Him and the Dog drew uh, good houses. Him and him and Butch Reed drew good houses. Uh, him and I think him and Dick Murdoch drew really good houses against one another in yeah. Mid South. So I mean, it's uh, I mean the guy is uh, I mean for a guy with a limited you know gimmick where he's limited as a worker, my God, he uh, he executed very well and became uh, and he made some serious coin. Uh, yeah. When he was in the, the few years that he was you know on top. Oh, yeah, well, totally. I, yeah, well, I, I think as far as uh, his in-ring skill being limited, I think Kamala is amazingly underrated. Now, now we can all get past the fact, was the gimmick a little racist? Yeah, but, you know, it was then, so put that aside. Yeah, fine back he, then. Yeah, I mean, that was the yeah. time. Yeah, you know, is, is, is it okay? No, but, I mean, that's, that was the time well, frame. You kind of, you judged yeah. differently back then. I mean, what was more racist is the stuff Jerry Lawler would say to him about him on, yeah. on television than Kamala himself, because he inhabited that character. And that's why I think his work was so good. He was convincing in the ring that he was a savage warrior from Uganda in the jungle. And he didn't understand things. You know, he didn't know how to pin a guy. You know, he tried to. And he just lived and breathed that character in the ring that I think he's an underrated worker. I, I, and, I, I agree with you there. Uh, yeah. And um, as Abdullah the Butcher said, he lived a gimmick, brother. Yeah. Uh, you know. What you make yeah. of that thing, Kelly? Um, well, the Kabuki video was better than the one from last year, if you remember that, oh, that God, piece yeah. of garbage. <laughs> um, and when this started, I was like, oh, no, not another Kabuki video. But no, it was fine. Um, yeah, I think this was like stock footage uh, for the most part, but whatever. Um, it works. Yeah, I want to talk about Kamala. Uh, the video's cool. Yeah, I'd seen it before. But the thing about Kamala is he was so believable. He's very much like Abdul the Butcher. Very. That's like a, the closest comparison is that you believed this guy had to be real. He couldn't be faking this. This had to be a real wild man. A real maniac, at least, you know, as a kid, that's what I thought, um, even though I, I, I suspected or whatever knew that wrestling was phony. I thought Kamala had to be legit. I couldn't picture him actually talking or being a normal person. 
Um, he, he hit the gimmick so well. Um, and he could go in the ring. Him and Hogan had some really fun matches around the horn in 86. And there's that iconic wrestling cover, Sports yeah. Review Wrestling, with the, the uh, Photoshop of Hogan's head on a pike. Uh, being held by yeah. uh, Spear, yeah, being held by Kamala. It's all bloody. You know, like a bloody Hogan face. Yeah, I remember getting that one. And that one, you know, that was like a horror movie cover. Um, so cool. And it was like that must have helped sell tickets. Like that cover was so great. It was like, who wouldn't want to see that? The fucker's going to put Hogan's head on a spear. <laughs> I tell you uh, what's funny about that, though. What's funny about that, though, Kel? is I remember that was at a time where I wasn't watching as much, but I still watched the MSG shows and Kamala didn't get three at the garden. It was only two, two, but still yeah. that that's pretty good. That's uh, great. Yeah. By the time the Hogan era came around three in a row was rare for Hogan. Yeah. yeah that was more for, of course, Backlund and San Martino, but they sold out like two big sellouts at MSG at a time when Hogan wasn't a guaranteed sellout, really, if you look at the numbers. Um, sometimes he was, sometimes he wasn't. Uh, but Kamala definitely drew. And, yeah, um, it, I've seen little bits of him in world class, so I'm, I'm looking forward to what's coming up because I, uh, I haven't seen too yeah, much. I always love the gimmick. And, and that's what worked for world class at this time, is you had the top heels, the, the Freebirds, who were cool. And then you had... These really weird gimmicky guy characters. So it works because you have the all the group of heels, two separate group factions, but they're completely different. So uh, so it brings you different dynamics and stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, so it's not like you're gonna put the Freebirds and you know you don't have imitation Freebirds to do the B town right. type of thing. I so I like this dynamic a lot better than having. I like, like, I mean, you had a lot of people in some territory. You had a lot of guys who were very similar to one another. Here, mm-hmm. I like the dynamic in 83 of how different the heel factions are and stuff. Um, that leads us into the Iceman, King Parsons versus the Dragon, Kelly. What, 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 <laughs> I, I mean, I like Iceman, but I, it was just the, he can't, he can't pull a miracle out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's the dragon. He's he's a leftover from eighty two. He's basically the guy he's still batting like two oh nine. Uh zero home runs. He's light hitting. Um yeah, he's useless. He needs to be cut. Um but Parsons is awesome. And you know, my first note is it's so great to have fresh, exciting new talent in the territory. And yeah, back and forth exchange, chops and slaps. And this was pretty quick. Um, Iceman uses a keister bump to finish him off, which uh, is a, is much cooler when he does it than when uh, B. Brian Blair used it <laughs> a few yeah, years later. Fun. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, huge push for Parsons out of the gate. He's steamrolling through guys and the crowd loves him. And he feels like, you know, he's being just on like a rocket to the to the moon, basically, right now. Yeah, he's going to be their black. Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm, I just, it sounds terrible in 2018, but he's going to be a black superstar in Texas. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's what it, what I mean, it was. What it was. was. I mean, that's how it was back then. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he totally has the charisma. Uh, he, he looks the part. You can get behind him. 
Um, I loved his promos because, again, they were totally different than what the Von Erichs were doing. He had a lot more jive to him, a lot more, you know, cool. Coherence. Von Erich said that. <laughs> yes. That Von Erich, uh, you know, ish to him. And so, I mean, it's just a whole different dynamic. And then you'll get Chris Adams in there, too. And that nice. is another uh, dynamic that was like just clicks immediately. Wait, what do you think of the match, John? Well, yeah, again, Iceman, I love him, but he's no miracle worker. And then the the, the footage gets a little choppy, and they, the WWE Network puts up their uh, message saying, we're sticking with this because this footage is too good to miss. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, Dragon stinks. And, and of course, you know, because I, and I understand why they have to do it, but boy, does it get grating when – they, they, he, again, he's a great friend of the Von Erics. He wants to see because he wants to be accepted by the fans. So he, I mean, he, Mercer literally says, "We're telling you that he's a great friend of the Von Erics because we want you to accept him." I was like, "How about the fact that he's great?" You know, I think he was. I think he could get over without it. But I understand you want to. You got a commitment, and it, everyone has to be a friend of the Von Erics if you're a good guy. Yeah, I mean, they, um, they do prostitute the Von Erichs out. Uh, yeah, and I get it, I get not, it. But, but I have uh, a feeling that Iceman was never invited to go duck hunting. I don't think so. No, no, no. Neither was Bruiser Brody. I don't think he. I don't think they brought Bruiser Brody home for Sunday night dinner or anything like that. So, <laughs> but all I really pointed down was uh, he's he's only been two weeks. He's over. Yep. Crowd loves him. He's already super over, and that's fun to say. Again, is the other different baby faces. Um, yeah. And, right, and that's what World Class needed at this point. Things that are different, because it really wasn't working what they were doing in 82. Um, yeah, Kelly, I think this is it. I think this is Alma Drill's uh, swan song here. <laughs> uh, okay. This would I'm be, prepared. Uh, in, 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 uh, uh, this would be his final act, if you will. This would be his death scene. Um <laughs> Oh, no, no. And it's going to be to the tune of Elvis singing My Way. This felt felt like a very fine finality of Al Madrill here. Tell us what's happening here, him and Yatsu in their match. Yeah, well, yeah, we know Al's time is short. I, I don't think he makes it through the month of March. So he, this could be it. It feels like it, like you said. And it's fitting, and it, it's, it's actually good that he goes out putting over um, the young new talent in the territory, even though at the beginning Yatsu does, too. yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not sure how long Yatsu's there. For um, uh, I know he's not really someone you think of as uh, someone who did a lot of class. So he, has a, he has a, a feud with uh, Chris Adams for a little bit. Okay, nice. so he, he's got some time. He's still oh, got that some sounds time. great. Um, it really is, and that's overrated, but... Oh. <laughs> Jeez. Great, thanks. Okay, thanks for ruining everything. Um, but you know Al's done, because uh, Yatsu does all his martial arts shtick in Al's face, and Al has this look, he, like he shrugs his shoulders. He shrugs. And, he and shrugs. he's like, I don't give a fuck, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> the look on his face was... Yeah. Oh, well, um, he's doing the job. He's leaving the territory. Uh, it was a dull match, I thought. Sloppy at points, nerve holds. But, hell, the crowd is always hot. They, they just will not 
Um, not they just they, they like everything basically. Um, stomach claw by Yatsu ends it, and that that could be it for Al. Darn, uh, what did I write here? Darn, oh yes, no awesome suplex this time from Yatsu. Uh, Al probably refused. Yeah, yeah, he probably he probably saw what he did. It almost <laughs> killed Brian Adias. So he's like, no, I'm leaving. I'm I'm doing the job, but you're not suplexing me, motherfucker. Yeah, let's, let's take that one off the bump card, kid. <laughs> <laughs> so bit of respect for Al. Um, and yeah, my last note was, surely this must be the end of good old Al Madrill. Mm. Yeah, this is a na-na-na-na. Well, okay, so first you have Bundy with Akbar, uh, and they're yelling at Hussein and Yatsu. So, can, oh, yeah, Hussein's got, got but no, it's fine because all I'm thinking is Hussein's got to be gone soon, please, please, please. <laughs> please. And, and Mercer says that Bun, Bundy wants Yatsu because of what he did to Kabuki. Kabuki will be back very soon, though. And I was just like, if you're taking all of the emphasis and gravitas on what he had just said, oh, he's, he's the shits. And I have the Al Shrugs thing. Uh, <laughs> Mercer, Mercer calls Al. He goes, he's a reverent disciple of his idol, Elvis Presley. I mean, that's laying it on big. I mean, it, it means he's got those prayer candles with Elvis on them <laughs> somewhere. He's packing them up in his bag and he's leaving. Um, and then Hussein, speaking of Hussein, he doubles down on what he said last time. Again, he gets on the mic and he says he bought Yatsu with every dime he could rape, scrape, beg, borrow, or steal, which then the second time leads me. He raped for dimes? That's it's for money the, 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 uh, he's he's got to be gone soon right oh he's yeah terrible he definitely doesn't last very much longer uh, i can't stand him anymore it's because uh, i think i think gary hart brings him into mid-atlantic uh really yeah for a little h and h reunion uh, again uh oh, i've ever oh, seen him on tv in the mid-atlantic um, oh wow i didn't know that yeah <laughs> um yeah. Then we we get a uh, Hussein and Yatsu promo. What do you think? What, what was going on here, Johnny? Oh, that's the one. That's where he did the rape line again. Oh, that's okay. that's where he did that. And uh, oh, he's the he's the the dirt worst. <laughs> dirt worst, or, or uh, yeah, or, or or just filthy dirty. <laughs> yeah, he's the filthiest, dirtiest, worst. Um, piece of talent or not even talent let's bring it up here guys armand hussein one of the worst managers you've ever seen uh can you name another worst manager um Um, i've gone to a lot of indie shows bro so it's hard to say on a national stage yeah yeah he's up there yeah frenchie was horrible and useless um, but Hussein got so much screen time and promo time, and yeah. he was even doing commentary at one point. He's just like I, Frenchie Martin didn't part of do. The biggest heel faction in that company. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and 
just too much. And he wrestled too. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, his wrestling was just the shits. And I mean, it's hard to say also because if you're a Memphis devotee, a lot of the guys who came in to replace Jimmy Hart, that revolving door that went on for a few years, yeah. there were some pretty shitty managers in there. Yep. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's also some good ones there. I mean, you had downtown. Oh, there's great ones. And, and the Heyman. The, the, the Moon Dogs. He was good. Um, yeah, he was great. Richard Lee. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, but they had some dog guys to replace Jimmy Hart. Um, then we get this incredible segment with Sunshine and Jimmy Garvin. And if you don't think they're not having sex here, I would be shocked, Johnny. What's going on here? Who, Mercer and Garvin? Garvin and Sunshine. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, again, just like last week, I'm not feeling it yet. I thought that the jacuzzi looked like a kiddie pool in someone's backyard. And he's still bumbling over his words a bit, you know, like, I know he gets better soon because I've seen this stuff and he's still talking about the whole, not, not being on TV. And it's still just say, I want people to pay to see me. And that means you have to come to the shows. That's how you do this. And then he's got all these Johnny again, the, the angle isn't that they should pay to see him is he doesn't want to have footage of him. So his opponents can't right. reach out him. But is a okay. I don't think it makes any sense. Uh, but um, he's got a ton it of glossies. Type of way. It, anyway, he's got a bunch of glossies of the Von Erics, you know, in his pool, and he's tearing up each one. And they get to the Freebirds, and I'm waiting to see what he says because it's Jimmy Garvin, you know, you know, him and the Freebirds. I'm eventually have a loose alliance. Yeah. You know, here I'm talking. I know, of course, he becomes a free bird. Um, even, even in the world classes where they first established him as right. free bird. Right. But here he says the free birds, they, they have no class. Yeah. And tears it up. And um, uh, I, I just I'm, I'm not feeling it. Yet. I know as soon as the stuff with David starts, it kicks in high gear. But so far, I think he's still finding he's finding his footing as a as a promo doing these yeah, sorts of things. That might be true, but man, he seems so much more dynamic than the guys oh, they've course. had on that roster at this point. Where I'm in love, with, I'm, I'm 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 in love I'm right off from Jump Street with him and Sunshine. Oh, I love uh, Jimmy Garvin. I'm a huge Jimmy Garvin fan. When people shit on Jimmy Garvin, I'm like, yeah, you don't get it. Kelly, do you think he's as rough uh, rough around the edges right now as Johnny's saying? Not really. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy to see all the new talent, like I've said. But yeah, I think he he fits right in, and yeah, the the dynamic with him and Sunshine's cool, and his reasoning is is interesting because it's 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 taken from like a total shoot perspective, right? Where he he only cares about winning. He wants to win his matches. He wants to be the best wrestler. So he doesn't want film out there of him where other people can watch and notice his flaws and then be able to beat him in a wrestling match. So I, I think, you know, that's a unique sort of uh, reason. But they're, all, but, but they're they're all there. Well, not yeah. only is it unique, it's actually pretty timely right now. If you've been watching ESPN and stuff, everyone's talking about wait till Mahone's uh, plays four or five games when the tape, when people get tape on them to see, right. watch tendencies, they go, Dak right. Prescott had a great first year, but 
once he made around, made rounds, people yeah. had tape on him. He hasn't been as impressive. And I mean, he kind of gets current. Yeah, and and what they do with pitchers, uh, new pitchers are always, you know, they kind of have an advantage for a few weeks before, you know, people get used to them and, and notice their tendencies and, and notice their flaws. So yeah, I, I, I think it's it's interesting. Um, okay, okay, hold on, hold on. But he's he's gorgeous Jimmy Garvin in the spangled outfit, and he's obviously an egomaniac. Why wouldn't he want to be on television or at least want people to come see his glory? As, as you, well, the people can still see him. It's the people at home can't see him. Right, yeah. but they don't emphasize that you got to come down to the sportatorium to I don't see know, him. Man, I, I've I've I got it clear that the reason he doesn't want to be on tape is so his opponents can't scout it. But yeah. he can scout them. I but mean, all I of his opponents are in the same locker room. I think the Yeah, I mean, it's not perfect. But, uh, but I, think, it, I think it's a lot more clear than John's making it out. And he's also a hypocrite because he has Sunshine filming the other. That I love. That part I, that part I love of this. And that's what I said last week. If it gets to a point where I go, oh, it gets heat, it gets heat. But I just, I don't think it's logical. But the sunshine part is the cherry on top that really makes it work for, work for me in the end. And, and yeah. the bottom line is it's a short-term angle because it's not. It's very short. Deep. They can't do you can't. Year, you can't. You know. So fucking stale. <laughs> um, now, uh, do you, are you seeing the cabinet chemistry with sunshine, uh, Kelly? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. It's it's. I mean, I'm very familiar with Garvin and Sunshine and all that going into this um, more so than a lot of other um, acts in, in world class at the time. So, yeah, great chemistry. And, and like I said last week, knowing what's coming up uh, ahead, um, it's I'm just looking forward to this all playing out week after week. Now, would you be shocked if they're actual cousins? Hmm. <laughs> that creep you out even more. Right. I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, like, oh yeah, Garvin must be banging her. Makes it even hotter. <laughs> makes it even hotter. First, <laughs> first cousins. Or? Yeah. I don't know. They're they're good actors. Yeah. They they you know they make you believe. It doesn't have to mean that they're banging each other. <laughs> well, I know. Hopefully they're not. I mean, they're cousins. <laughs> Oh, you know, come on. Well, that, hasn't, that hasn't stopped quite a few people. Really? Okay, of all the heinous things that wrestlers have done, cousin fucking is low on the list, brother. That's true. <laughs> all right, guys and gals, it's time to wrap about ProWrestlingOnly.com. Check out ProWrestlingOnly.com to explore other podcasts, along with match reviews, features and retrospectives, reviews of wrestling books, video games, and matches, playlists, wrestler appearances in non-wrestling TV shows and movies, and more. You can also join the conversation by signing up at the PWO forums. We've been online for over a decade, and with over 2,000 registered members and an archive of over 4 million threads. Wow, really? 4 million? That seems like a lot. Anyway, our message board is a vibrant community all its own. Whether you want to talk about a specific match in our match discussion archive, take a deep dive in the microscope forum, discuss more general topics from wrestling's past and present. Check out all of this and more at www.prowrestlingonly.com And now for this week in PWO podcasts. So we have 
who booked this. Stephen Graham and J.R. Goldberg. This week, look at the Monster Mash Battle Royal from, I think, WWE CW from probably about 10 years ago. I'm not exactly sure. So listen to this show for uh, JR and Steven to tell you exactly where this uh, match came from and I'll break it all down for you. Sticking with Steven Graham, him and Stacy, a uh, longtime contributor to PWO herself. They are breaking down round two of the May Young Classic. On Match of the Week, episode 24, Tim and Tanner look at the unmasking of Tiger Mask 2 and what all that led to. That's a really good episode. Check that out. And the boys at Strong Style Story are back with episode 45. Jeffrey and Chris are looking at several new Japan shows, Destruction, King of Pro Wrestling, looking at Super Junior Tag League. So fans of Hiroreso, please check that out. And my man, Peter Winson, with greetings from Allentown. This week, it's NWA Worldwide from February 6th, 1988. Lots of uh, horsemen, lots of sting, dusty roads, all that good stuff. And last but not least, our very own Pete Schirmacher and Timothy on This Week in Wrestling. And This Week in Wrestling, they are looking at MLW Fusion 25, NXT, something called Southern Underground Pro and a show that they did called Don't Look in the Basement. So check that out. The best weekly wrestling roundup podcast there is on the planet. All right. Well, that's the week in PWO. And now for the main event. Yeah, the main event is David Von Erich versus the third wheel in that damn Freebird collective, Buddy Jack Roberts. What are, what's going on here, Kelly? The third bird. The third Buddy. bird, they bill him. <laughs> It, it, it comes up. The teaser is next up: David Von Erich versus the Third Bird. <laughs> that didn't get over. Oh, wow. Bird. Bird. oh boy! Um, all right. So all the Von Erichs are at ringside. All the Freebirds are there as well. Uh, plus Garvin and Sunshine filming yeah. things more, in the aisle. More lumberjacks here than in that lumberjack. <laughs> <laughs> It's very crowded outside, but it, it all makes sense, you know, with Garvin and Sunshine. Like I like, I, I just, I, I'm really enjoying uh, the Candyman's booking. He's he's got things really flowing from week to week. Look out! Look out! The Candyman. Um, but Bronco demands everyone leave, um, but the participants. So he's not taking any shit. Um, Before you say this, Kelly, wouldn't it have made sense to book this match before the six-man and then you yeah. the lumberjack ship? <laughs> totally. Okay, maybe the Candyman's not the greatest booker of all time. but uh, Cocaine maybe makes you creative, but you get, you get kind of flustered. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, well. Look out, look out, the Candyman. Um, yeah, so... I thought this was a good match. Struggle overholds. Great heat, of course. And but of course it doesn't last very long. The birds hit the ring. Von Eric's come to make the save. Yeah, this this should have been the, the lead in to the tag, but whatever. Um and then of course shithead David Manning in street clothes. Ugh, has to make an appearance. And like he's one of the boys there to make the save. Like, fuck you. 
Fuck you, David Manning, and your fucking stupid mustache. And your baby face mentality. (laughs) You're a fucking referee, you... (laughs) (laughs) We're totally in the minority compared to the audience that loves David Manning, so... Mm. Yeah, I know. I I enjoyed the match, too, brother. Um, I, uh, you know, it was a real good meat and potatoes match. Um, I like the, uh, the, 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 uh, I like Roberts working on the, uh, the midsection and the arm. David on air controlling with a headlock, knee lift. Um, the headlock and the escapes were, were made, they did a good job, made it interesting. Then we know, then it becomes this total schmoz, uh, and uh, you have Mercer comparing the Von Erichs and the Freebirds to the Hatfields and McCoys, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, and, you, you know, it was a real good, fun main event match that like, definitely should have been the should have been the ground setter, should have been the table setter for the yeah. six-man tag, but uh, it's not. Uh, still a fun match. What, what, are you, what are you thinking, John? Oh, yeah, I just got a couple quick things that I got a, a point I wanted to make or just a, a, a thought to bring up. But so, yeah, as they're getting kicked out, the, ca- the camera and the microphone catches Hayes telling Buddy, he goes, get it done, get it done quick. The plane's already started. <laughs> and that was awesome. You know, the, the, the great shit. And, uh, and Mercer even picked up on that. He goes, oh, Michael Hayes seems very confident. And then... And here's the thing. And the match, I match is fun for what it was. It, the, the misplacement thing uh, stood out to me, too. <laughs> but I want to talk a little bit about Buddy Roberts. When I was a kid, and I mean like 15, whatever, and I'm watching this um, world-class classic and what have you, I remember my take was that Buddy Roberts sucked. And the other two were really good. And when I look back and watch, especially in this short match, I look back and I go, oh, the eyes of youth, man. I get, I just didn't understand what he was doing in there. Yeah. And I watch Buddy Roberts right now, and I'm like, he's fucking tremendous here. His feeding and bumping and connection with the crowd and his character comes doing everything he does oh, in the ring. Like he's so good. He's so good. Uh, in the ring, I mean, on the mic, he's always been great, but he's he is so good in the ring, and that explains why I guess Watts was like, "Well, no, Hayes, you're going to be an announcer, and these two are the workers." And when he goes to the UWF, and he's where I mean, he works some, but mm-hmm. you know, he's mainly announcing. You know, I didn't get it at the time. I'm like, "Why would you do that with Michael Hayes and Buddy Roberts? He's the TV champ. That's crazy." And I see it now. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my god, he's so good." Yeah, you know, it's 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 just funny how you look back uh, with with age and a little perspective and go, oh, I didn't realize that guy was fucking one of the best. It's neat. Oh, I totally agree. Um, and, uh, one thing you know that I'd love to see is the 1970s Hollywood Blondes, the original Hollywood oh, Blondes yeah. team with Buddy and uh, Jerry Brown. They were apparently awesome. You know, going from territory mm. to territory, drawing great, getting great heat. And there's basically no footage of them. And, uh, yeah, love to see that. And, hey, buddy, Dale Hay, he's from Vancouver, good Canadian boy. Mm. What's not to love about him? 
<laughs> and that leads us into this David Von Erich interview, <clears throat> which, you know, what, what made it special to me was Buddy worked over his neck during the match, and by God, David's selling it during the interview. Yeah. That was awesome. Tell, but, but, but tell us about the interview, because I thought the, uh, the neck sell and him, you know, I thought that was that was uh, next level awesomeness. What what's going on here, John? Well, first I gotta preface it with uh, the stupidity of Bill Mercer. Is during the previous match, <clears throat> excuse me, he calls the neckbreaker two different things. About the, the twisting suplex, something he doesn't know what he's talking about. So when he's talking to David, who's selling it great, just like you said, Pete, <clears throat> and. He goes, boy, yes, that was something that twist he did. And David just looks at him and goes, with the tone that's like, neckbreaker. It's a neckbreaker. <laughs> at, at least that's how I took it. He corrected him. And I took it with him like, you know, I could hear you at ringside. It's a fucking neckbreaker, you asshole. And, um, and that's the main gist I took out of it was just David Von Erich. He's cutting a hell of a promo, man, but he's hurt. You know, like, you know, and that's great. He's not invincible. You know, he's not out there flexing or anything like that. He's showing, like, you got the best of me this time, motherfucker. But, you know, it, you know, hell's coming your way. You know, so it's good stuff. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm with you on that completely. And, uh, and it was a really good way to end the show, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, the promo would have set up uh, the six-man tag even better, too. But, you know, what? I'm going to stop crying in that, but that bowl of milk. Um, <laughs> overall, man, I thought it was a really fun show, top to bottom. We got some more guys uh, showing that they're going to have legs as characters in the territory. We got some, you know, right, writing off of characters, got some cool vignettes. Yeah, I, I was really happy uh, with the show from the wrestling to the production to the to the angles and, uh, and beyond. What about you, uh, uh, Kelly? What were your thoughts, final thoughts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, another another really enjoyable episode. We're on a roll now. Um, it, it's it's really amazing how much things have changed so quickly. Just like you know, so just from Christmas night on, it's true. That was what turned the territory. You know, when people when Milton always talks about it, lit, lit the territory on fire. It's really cool now to go back and uh, and because the way World Class shot their television, where they put main events on TV. It makes a big difference than just watching uh, highlights of studio from, from the studio and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. And next week, we should mention this. We got a big show. We got Carrie versus Michael Hayes. And then we have Gordy and Roberts versus David and Kevin. So there's wow. two two huge matches for, for next week's show that I don't think I've seen before. So I'm... Yeah, I, you know, 82, we've, we've gone over. It was such a, uh, a dreadful experience at times. But now I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm re- I, I, I look forward to watching this footage. This is good stuff now. Exactly. Um, man, it's so cool. So many interesting stuff to look at. What, what, what are your final takeaways, John? No, it was fun. It was a fun show. You know, uh, uh, it, it, it was like, wow, is this the greatest pro wrestling show I've ever seen? No, but I like the winds of change. I, uh, I like the winds of excitement coming in and going, oh, you know, this is the change, that, change that's coming, and it's going to get fucking great, man. There's that oh, this period that's coming up, 
just for a couple years, there's some f- just great fun stuff. Totally. I can't wait for Chris Adams, man. That's that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. He was my favorite as a kid growing up because uh, he was one of the first guys I saw do a tope and, wow. uh, yeah. and the karate stuff and the accent, and he was super handsome. Uh, oh, okay. Uh. And he really loved it. Um, <laughs> it's okay, man. Oh, man, it's cool. Yeah, it's, I, I it's pro wrestling illustrated uh, centerfold on your wall. Yeah. I, let me tell you, let me tell you uh, an embarrassing story about that. When I really burst into being a fan, and I got uh, not the aftermags, but the ones that had the great glossies in them, and I put up pictures of wrestlers all over my walls. And I had a buddy of mine who didn't watch wrestling come over. He looks at it, and the first picture he saw was <laughs> Chris Adams, gentleman Chris Adams, just there in his white underwear. And he goes, looks at me, not mean at all. He goes, "Are you gay?" <laughs> so I, I, I started going. I'll stick with Abdullah and Bloody and take these down. <laughs> uh, that's great. I had Bret Hart on my wall. I had Doink the Clown, the original Matt Bourne, Doink the Clown, and Sabu from like um, Japan, FMW, Barbed Wire, Deathmatch, or something. Okay. And there you kid go. I had I had Hogan and then Savage on my wall, and uh, I mean it's amazing. I have more wrestlers on my wall now than I did growing. <laughs> Are you gay, Pete? <laughs> I'm just okay. a single man living a single life. Yeah, well, <laughs> Chris, Chris Adams is good looking, dude. I preferred him as a heel though, and that's I mean that's a ways away, man. But oh god, I thought he was so great as a heel. Yeah, you get to work with Gino. Johnny, anything you want to plug, buddy? Uh, just that the current score of the wild card game between my beloved oh, yeah. Colorado Rockies and the Chicago Cubs. It's the bottom of the fourth. The Rockies are up one. And, uh, well, everyone's going to hear this. The game's going to be over. But, you know, I'm really hoping the uh, Rockies pull this off and get into the postseason because – uh, my little nephew is now super into baseball and super into the Rockies. I'm like, well, good. Maybe the playoffs of the World Series are they're on free TV and we can actually watch the game. But yeah, it's ex- it's exciting between me and him right now. So I really want them to pull this off. So go Rockies! Yeah, I'm going yeah. to an action I'm- wrestling show in Atlanta on a Friday, and I'm flying back Saturday morning, and that'll be my first time. Oh, nice! You uh, play baseball. Uh, uh, for- hey, there the you go. Time. Awesome. I'm excited about that. Uh, that's cool. not a plug for people to show up in my nephew's game. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, sure. Hey, Pete, do you have any uh, heartwarming nephew stories as well? I mean, I Kelly? I mean, Kelly? Another. God damn it. I don't need any more sappiness on this show. No. I have nieces. I don't have any nephews. I have two nieces. Or I have three nieces, actually. Oh. Yeah, but no nephews. You have a niece, too. Oh, man, Kelly, anything you want to plug? Um... Uh, just, you know, the Twitter at MSG1880. It's now the official WorldCast um, Twitter. So, yeah, give me a follow. I need more than 128. That's that's not that's not good enough uh, these yeah. days. Come on, Twitter <laughs> people. Hey, all you Twitter guys out there, and we love you, the fans who uh, post on Twitter. You're the best. Uh, get on that because I don't know how to use that shit, man. <laughs> I don't know. Follow me on re- on Twitter at Titans of Wrestling. Have a great week. Um, world class, uh, world class Wednesdays, baby. This week in wrestling drops on uh, usually on Saturday. 
And remember, man, we're now proper for the Pro Wrestling Only uh, Network. Uh, go to the boards, check it out. Check those articles out, man. I did yeah. a great review over on uh, on Tim Hornbreaker's uh, territory book that I'm I've just started reading, and uh, which usually something up your alley, Kelly. I'm surprised you haven't read it yet. Uh, I'm yeah, I have it. I'm a couple chapters in. Yeah, it's okay. it's great stuff. I'm a big fan of Hornbreaker as a writer. He's 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 really good. So yeah, I mean, one of your if you're interested in that, read the review, see what, what it says, and uh, it's been getting a lot of positive press out there. Uh, yeah. Along with, along, along with all the podcasts, uh, the articles, uh, there's a lot of history being learned over there at Pro Wrestling Only, man. Just check it out. Have a great time. See you next time. Later. My heartaches and troubles are just up and gone. The moment that you come in view And with your hand in mine, dear I could dance on and on And I could waltz across Texas with you Waltz across Texas with you is with you like a story book ending I'm lost in your charms and I could waltz across Texas with you